Hey, good afternoon. Happy Thanksgiving or day before Thanksgiving to everybody out there watching. This is officially the day you are all off work and none of us are off work because uh, college sports does not take the week of Thanksgiving off of work. Uh, also on your screen, Mason Choate from Hogbeat Illustrated and uh, or Hogbeat.com. Gerard Hamilton, you guys should know him by now. We've been doing this for like 14 weeks. So if you don't know him by now, you haven't been watching anyway. And uh, I'm not going to spend the time to introduce him. But uh, appreciate you guys all hanging out with us here. If you're watching live, feel free to ask questions, add your comments, all that in the queue. We'll get to it later on. Um, we're going to talk a little bit of Mizzou and Arkansas. Before we do that, we always pay bills around here. We do that with uh, James Carlton of State Farm Insurance, carltoninsurance.net, the web address, 314-961-4800. The phone number, it is travel time. There are people on the road who are worse drivers than I'm sure all of you watching. Uh, and you want to protect yourself against them, you have to have insurance. So make sure to get in touch with James for those needs. Again, the uh, address and the phone number will scroll across the bottom of the screen throughout. Also, if you mention to James or his team that you heard about him on this show, he's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL Collective. And uh, as long as he gives you a quote on your insurance, you don't actually have to end up uh, making James your agent. You just have to get the quote. So win-win for everybody. James is a big Mizzou fan. Give him your insurance business. We are going to now get to the main event, which is Mizzou and Arkansas on Black Friday, a thing that started about 10 years ago. And I mean, it's at least going to last another one or two until the SEC adds Oklahoma and Texas, and then we'll see. We're going to talk to uh, Mason Choate from hogbeat.com about that. Mason, uh, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing great, Gabe. I'm doing great. Uh, I, I would be lying if I said I wasn't ready for football season to be over. Um, <laughs> I think Arkansas fans can relate. It's basketball season yeah. in Fayetteville. I'm sure a lot of people watch the Arkansas Creighton game. Uh, from the Maui Invitational, just incredible basketball, an exciting team. But still got two more football games, Missouri and whatever bowl they land in. So um, I'm a football guy at heart, so I am excited to watch the game. It's just it's been very up and down throughout the season with this team, that's for yeah. sure. We're, we're going to talk basketball a little bit toward the end, but here's the first question I got, man. How in the world do you win a football game 42 to 27 where you give up 704 yards of offense? That's a good question. Um, so Arkansas, <laughs> they, they got out to a 35-6 lead at halftime, of course. And then the second play of the third quarter, Rocket Sanders just runs for a, a touchdown, I think it was 68 yards. And uh, after that, Arkansas really just you know pulled off the dogs. Uh, Ole Miss had over half of their total yards in – the second half, they scored 21 points in the fourth quarter. Um, it Sam Pittman didn't really just come out and say, "Hey, we weren't trying a whole lot on defense," but you could tell that you know they they weren't playing as hard as they did in the first half defensively. Plus, Ole Miss was trying harder. You know, they were still trying to get back in the game, and for a second there, they were a little bit, but it was out of hand the whole game, and. Ole Miss, I mean, in the second half, they were just getting whatever they want. They were running all over Arkansas. And, uh, yes, the number is ugly, but you beat the number 14 team in the country after losing to Liberty, after losing to LSU, when it felt like, you know, everything was over, the season was just a wash. 
you get a huge win against a ranked team, and now you have the chance to go seven and five with a win over Missouri. And you know, look respectable. If you can get a bowl win, you're eight and five after the season. You might even be ranked at the end of the year. I don't know. My question is: I was doing the preview earlier, and every position player is at least six three, two hundred pounds. Like it's just giants everywhere. So I think they're uh, forgot where they were in the scoring offense. I know they have about thirty one points per game, and they're nineteenth in total offense. How are they not first? With all like what 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 are the small details? What are those reasons why they're not the best offense with all these weapons? Well, the the, the first thing would be KJ Jefferson not playing two games at all, and then also he played the Liberty game hurt. So, if KJ Jefferson plays against Mississippi State and he plays against LSU, I think they beat LSU if he plays. The Mississippi State game was a little bit different because I mean Arkansas couldn't stop Mississippi State at all. Um, but if KJ Jefferson is healthy all season, the offensive numbers look better. Arkansas might have one or two more wins. Um, unfortunately, he hasn't been. But you, I mean, you said it. This is this is the team that Sam Pittman kind of envisioned when he came into Arkansas. Was we're gonna get these big guys and we're gonna build a big SEC football team because they did not have that when he got here. And so you got a huge quarterback. You got a huge running back. The offensive line. I mean all the way across, and even on the second team all the way across. They're just huge. And then Trey Knox, tight end, he put on a bunch of pounds. He used to be a wide receiver. Now he's a tight end. Um, this team, they've just gotten big. They've credited Jamil Walker, the strength guy, um, a lot with everybody just, you know, putting on mass, putting on muscle. Um, and you've seen it help offensively for sure. Defensively, they've struggled with injuries. So I don't – I'm no expert when it comes to, you know – health so i couldn't tell you what you know them getting bigger and stronger had to do with that but yes they are a huge team offensively and i mean even on the d line they're big too yeah so i i want to go straight to a, a question from one of our viewers and this is what missouri fans are interested in because you mentioned look the offense we know what it is defense has has had its issues is Barry Odom in any danger down there? I mean, I, the numbers are what they are. You mentioned the injuries. What's the situation with with the defensive coordinator? I mean, is he still solid ground and, and everybody's okay? That's a good question. Um, I think right now, you know, with the way that the defense has been playing, you know, go back to the, the Auburn game or maybe the BYU game or the Mississippi State game where Arkansas just – they could not stop anybody at all. Um, there – Yes, I felt like, you know, there maybe there's a change coming um, after the season if they kept playing like that throughout the year. But you look at the Liberty game, you look at the LSU game, you look at the Ole Miss game, even though, like we talked about, they gave up 703 yards against Ole Miss, they still held them to six points in the first half. And that was a huge reason why, reason why the offense was able to, you know, put up 35 points. And then against LSU, they played an incredible defensive game, the best defensive game they played all year. Uh, Liberty played a great defensive game. So, Barry Odom, has, he's turned it around. Um, they moved a, a freshman, Quincy McAdoo, over to cornerback. He was a wide receiver to come to start the season, and he's been incredible. So they've been doing little things here and there. Odom moved down to the sideline. It's not like, you know, they're not trying, and they've definitely gotten better. And I think Sam Pittman has really benefited from having Barry Odom on the staff. Pittman, a guy who hadn't been a head coach at this level, and Odom has really helped him with that. And I don't I don't know. I, I don't think he's on the hot seat, to be quite honest with you. I think that's just the answer. I don't think he is. Mm -hmm. Does 
does Arkansas feel do Arkansas fans and the players feel like this is as much of like a real rivalry more than it seems manufactured? Because Missouri, they've said for a long time, or the players have said, you know, recently that they believe Kentucky is their true rival. Do do Arkansas fans and players feel like this is a real rivalry or is it just something, you know, that, that the SEC came up with to them? Well, it's a good question. Um, the fans, not at all. The players, now we talked to them on Tuesday. Trey Knox, who I mentioned earlier, he said that, you know, this game gets heated between the players. He said mm -hmm. they were talking about how Missouri kind of talks a lot of smack. They do a lot of, you know, after-the-whistle stuff. Um, so it seems like the players think it's a rivalry. Maybe there's a little bit of bad blood there. But as far as the fan base goes, I'm going to be honest, they hate the rivalry. It's they they do not view it as a rivalry game. Uh, as of now, LSU is Arkansas's you know uh, SEC rivalry. They don't like A and M or Ole Miss either. But LSU trophy game, A and M's a trophy game. But it was LSU. And then of course, as Gabe mentioned when we started, uh, once Texas comes into the SEC, I mean that's that's Arkansas's rival is Texas. But Missouri, no. I mean you hit it. It feels like a manufactured rivalry. Um, it doesn't help that it's been one-sided for the most part uh, as far as Missouri winning games. So maybe if it wasn't as one-sided, maybe a little bit more, but not really. Here's what I've figured out about the SEC, Mason, and you've probably paid attention to it longer than I have because Missouri's only been in it for 10 years. But the SEC really is all about denying that you care about anybody else, right? Like Tennessee says Alabama's their rival, but Alabama says, no, you're not a rival. Auburn's our rival. Arkansas says LSU's their rival. LSU would never say Arkansas is their rival. It's almost like if you admit there's a rivalry with anybody, that's somehow lowering yourself to, to their level, right? And look, I'm fully on the side of, I think this Missouri-Arkansas thing is something they, like Missouri fans still think their rival is Kansas. So, you know, that that's just part of being in a league for 10 the league's existed for 100 years and Missouri's been in it for 10 so they probably don't have any real rivalries but I just find it funny how every fan base will identify one team as their rival and that other fan base would go oh no they're not a rival yeah no I and I don't I really wouldn't say Arkansas has a true rival outside of Texas who they they haven't played yearly and forever so I think that if – I mean, what defines a rival, you know? Um, it's just right. – the LSU game like has been – it, it has to go beyond football. There has to be a legitimate reason to dislike each other. Yeah. Yeah, no, there, there does. And, I mean, maybe Ole Miss would be the closest thing because that yeah. game has just been crazy. You know, there, it's been weird between Ole Miss. Houston Nutt was the head coach there for a little bit. Um, oh, I mean, LSU at times, but that one's even been one-sided for the most part. So – I don't know. I, I it, It's Texas. When they get to the SEC, it'll still be Texas. So um, Missouri, definitely not. That's I, I mean, it, it's titled the battle line rivalry, but it's it's not really a rivalry. Uh, another question is uh, bumper pool. Yeah. So when we were at Drinks press conference, you know, Gabe actually seen on Twitter that uh, Sam Pittman said, you don't know about bumper pool. And uh, Drink said that was rat poisoning. Is bumper pool available? Is this, uh, some people have said even, you know, dealing with some type of injury for weeks. Is this, is this rat poisoning? Will he play or how does this go? I don't think it's rat poison. Um, we've been hearing from Pittman all year long that bumper pool has been battling an injury. You know, it's like, it feels like a new injury every week. It's been the hit for a while. 
But every time, you know, we ask, hey, what's up with Bumper or why is Bumper playing less snaps? He always says Bumper's just beat up. He's just hurt. And so I think it's just finally, you know, hit him so hard. He said, Pittman said, Bumper has two hips and a back. I mean, he's just, he's hurt. He, it's been piling on. You, we've seen his snap count drops, you know, throughout the year. Chris Poo Paul, he's taken that role of that kind of that second linebacker who's going to play the second most snaps behind Drew Sanders. Um, and I'll, I'll say this, Bumper played better once they started limiting his snaps because, you know, he wasn't out there just running on fumes and just, you know, hurting. Um, so he's played a little bit better, but I feel for the guy, you know. He wants to be out there, but it just seems like he's just too hurt. We don't know if he's going to play a, another game in the Arkansas uniform, which is unfortunate. I was talking to someone this week, like, if we would have known that, maybe we could have, you know, uh, I guess – taken in a little bit more of his last game because he's a he's going to I mean he, he leads the program in career tackles so that's a guy who's going to go down as one of the better guys to do it in the Arkansas uniform and so I don't know it, it's unfortunate I feel for Bumper you know as as I told somebody earlier this week I also feel for Bumper when you're in your mid-40s like he and I both are I mean your hips and your back just start to go man it's yeah. like, bumpers been in school since the mid 90s you know it's it's one of those things um look less football thing for me uh i think to me the the reason this game is is really a concern from the missouri side is i i don't think you can win this game 20 to 17 i think arkansas's offense is a little too good for that so give me a number of points like not Give me a number of points that it takes to win this game for either side. Cause, cause I, I think Missouri's got to get to 27 to have much of a chance to win this game. And and I'm not sure Missouri can get to 27. It's interesting that you say that because, you know, from the Arkansas perspective, you're looking and saying, well, oh, Missouri, their defense is just, you know, it's the strength of their team. You look mm-hmm. at the numbers, it seems like it's a team that would be hard to score against, but the Arkansas offense is really good, especially if KJ Jefferson is healthy. Um, and we we feel like he's healthy. He said that he feels healthy. Um, so with given that, I, I think, you know, Arkansas is probably going to put up 30 points. You know, I, I would not be shocked to see that. Um, so based on that, Missouri, I mean, Missouri is going to have to go shot for shot with Arkansas. And it doesn't seem like their offense can. Um, what benefits Missouri is the fact that Arkansas's defense, it's not that great. Um, I'd. I don't know for sure, but I've been hearing things that Arkansas might be down a couple starters um, who have already decided, hey, I'm done. And so uh, add on bumper pull, that doesn't help. Um, I, I don't want to mention any names because I don't know for sure, but I've ha- I've heard from you know credible sources that something like that might happen. And so that would be unfortunate considering the fact that even with those starters, Arkansas's defense has not been that great all season long. So um, I don't know. I, I I mean, you guys tell me. Do you think the Missouri offense can go shot for shot with Arkansas? No. I mean, <laughs> I mean in a word, no. Okay. But they've been playing better, though. I will say Missouri's offense has been playing better. Brady Cook has been playing better the last couple of games, and they've been able to actually have games where they have multiple drives, eight, nine plays, spanning 60-plus yards. And that doesn't sound like much, you know, when you're covering Arkansas, but for Missouri, it's been pretty huge. The last few weeks yeah well i don't i don't know it the if the players consider it a rivalry game which i i think talking to arkansas's players they do you know 
maybe they put a little bit more effort into this game and then we see something like we saw in 2020, which was just an incredible game. Um, that would be fun. You know, that would be fun. It wouldn't be fun for our fingers because we'd just be sitting there typing the whole game, all these points being scored. That's what the, the Creighton game, the Arkansas Creighton game was last night. It was just – it was fun to watch, but it's too much going on at one time. <laughs> Gerard, you got, you got anything else or are you good? Real quick, can you just underline how big of a prospect and player Drew Sanders is? Because I was looking at his stats, and I'm just thinking this this guy's probably – the best defensive player that Missouri has faced this year or will face this year. So uh, just kind of underline, what, you know, what's his deal? Yeah, Drew Sanders is a first-round draft pick. That's that's what he is. He's the best linebacker Arkansas has had in a long time. He's incredible. And we heard that he was going to be good coming into the season and training camp. And we heard that, you know, he, he, he's picking up things quicker than people thought he would. We heard he was an elite pass rusher, but we hadn't seen it. And you didn't really see it at Alabama because he didn't play a whole lot. So when he, when he first played against Cincinnati in week one, we were all like, oh, my goodness, this dude is a different level. And that's what he's been all season long. I mean, opposing offenses, they have to underline that guy. They have to say, hey, this is who we have to stop. Um, the unfortunate thing is when you stop him, they've got other guys coming. Um, but I mean, Drew Sanders, incredible. He was a, he's a finalist for the Buckus Award. We were at practice on Tuesday, and we were like, "There's the Buckus Award winner," because we just assumed that he's going to win it. Um, I think he's got four more tackles until he's at a hundred, um, and I think if he gets a sack or two against Missouri, he probably wins the Buckus Award, and that would just be great for Arkansas as far as you know linebacker recruiting goes, which they've already done a great job at that. Michael Scherer, former Missouri guy. He's done a great job at Arkansas recruiting these linebackers. Um, they're killing it there. Drew Sanders, just another one who's going to help them in recruiting. He's helping himself. He's going to be – I mean, I would be shocked to not see him drafted in the first round. That's that's why I asked you because I looked at a mock draft before this, it, before we got on here, and I didn't see him. I was specifically looking for him. I, uh, I didn't see him. So Interesting. Well, exactly. <laughs> I, I I would I would if I was an NFL team I'd take Drew Sanders in the first round. You look at those elite pass rushers on the NFL level and how it's taken teams to the next level. That's what Drew Sanders is. Um, he he's worked a little bit more in coverage and he's actually been pretty good. But if you throw him on the edge, it's hard to block that dude. And he's he is a game record for sure. All right, last thing, Mason. Uh, we we talked a little bit before we we went on the air and said we want to talk about this. Uh, I watched some of the Arkansas Creighton game last night. I look, I I have a vote in the in the preseason poll. I think I picked Arkansas second in the SEC to Kentucky. Um, I think they're every bit of a top ten basketball team, and they look like it. And from a Missouri fan perspective, from the people watching this, I was. I've been surprised that Trevon Brazil has taken the leap he did. I mean, he was a solid player for Missouri last year. A good freshman. You could see all the potential. Missouri coaches said, hey, this is a guy in a year or two. He's going to be in the NBA. I, am I wrong to have been surprised by how quickly Brazil has become kind of a staple of what Arkansas is doing? I wouldn't say you're wrong. Because if Nick Smith Jr. is playing, then things might be a little bit different. Um, so they've had it. They've had to go to Brazil a little bit more as a scorer for sure. And Ricky Council, who transferred in from Wichita State, um, but 
I, I don't know. I didn't watch Brazil a whole lot last year. I heard coming into this year from people who know basketball better than I do that Brazil is going to be one of their better transfers, which is something you got to talk about every year with Arkansas is like, okay, these transfers, who's going to be, who are going to be the good ones. And Brazil and council have been those two guys. I mean, Argon, Brazil might be a first round draft pick if he, if he keeps it up because you, Arkansas, I mean, Anthony Black, Nick Smith Jr., Trevin Brazil, and maybe even Jordan Walsh. You might have four first-round draft picks if you're Arkansas. There's a lot a lot of time left until then, but Brazil has been great. He was averaging a double-double through three games. And, um, I mean, he last night against Creighton, he hit two, I mean, just clutch threes in the, in the final two minutes of the game. And it was, it was so easy because Ricky Council just drove the lane drew all the attention because he had 24 points and just tossed it back to Brazil who hit a three. And so that's huge for Arkansas. They need three-point shooters. And, I mean, this dude, like over seven-foot wingspan, just knocking down threes from the top of the key, he's awesome. I, I enjoy watching him. And, I mean, I'm I'm assuming you guys saw that dunk he had against South Dakota I, State. I, I was going to say, I mean, I saw on Twitter about a week ago he ended a man's life. So, yeah. you know. <laughs> it was – I mean, I'll tell you what. That was really good for page views. I mean, he it was an incredible dunk. He is so fun to watch. He's just he's just a walking highlight reel. And then you add in the fact that he can just knock down those threes like he did against Creighton. I mean, this dude, he's he's good at basketball. Just put it like and that. I, I, see, I mean, go ahead. That's where this is a rivalry to me. In, <laughs> yeah. in, in football, eh, like, let's be honest. Neither one of them's really been good enough in football in, in seven, eight years for it to be a rivalry. In basketball, though, I mean, Missouri and Arkansas are two of the four teams that I think care about basketball in this league with Kentucky and Tennessee. I don't think the other nine or ten really – I mean, Vandy might care when they're good, but I don't think the other nine care. Mizzou and Arkansas care about basketball. They've both been really good in the past. You had the Mike Anderson thing. Now you've got Trevin Brazil. That's where this can be fun the next few years. Yeah, uh, I agree. Um, it, I mean – Arkansas basketball, they're going to be elite every year as long as Eric Musselman is here. And Missouri, I don't know. I mean, it's going to be hard. I mean, you can't keep up with Eric Musselman. I'm, I'm just going to say that. He's just – he's on a different level as far as recruiting, as far as developing talent goes. Um, but, yeah, thank you for Trevin Brazil, Missouri. Um, from from Arkansas, thank you. Uh, that it's, it's funny to see some of the comments on Twitter where – uh, Missouri fans are just very depressed that Brazil is in, in an Arkansas uniform. Like, I'll just, I, like I, I'm looking forward to them coming to Mizzou Arena because he will not be treated kindly. Missouri fans are not happy. No, and it, look, it's perfectly understandable. If the situation's reversed, Arkansas fans would, it's, it's what it is in the transfer era. Kid go, transfers in conference, he's going to be the target uh, when, when they come here. I think it'll be fun. Yeah, yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be fun to watch for sure. All right, Mason. Appreciate your time, man. We'll, we'll catch up later on. All right. Sounds good. Thanks, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. You too. Mason Choate from hogbeat.com. Appreciate him uh, joining us. And uh, I haven't checked the comments since he said Missouri can't keep up with Eric Musselman, but I'm sure there, I'm sure there are some comments. We will, we will get to those. Um, all right, Gerard, I don't know, man. This is uh, like I said, this game to me for a few weeks I've looked at and I just said, I need to see something out of Missouri that can tell me they can get to like 27 offensively. And I haven't seen that yet. Our prediction is leaning. I'm predicting Missouri to win. 
and I'm predicting them to win. I'll just give you all my prediction. 26-24 right now, and I'll tell you why. Okay. So since uh, Bush Hamdan is took, took – is it Hamdan or Hamdan? Hamdan. 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 Bush Hamdan. Yeah. My apologies. Since he's taken over, which started in the Tennessee game, they scored 24 points. Um, last week, 45 points. Obviously, New Mexico State, we understand that. But the biggest thing I've noticed is six touchdowns for Brady Cook, zero interceptions, zero fumbles, all that. That's gone. He's completing like 65, 66% of his passes. I know a lot of them are jet sweeps, you know, slants, checkdowns, all that stuff. But he's still keeping up his pace. Before that, he was averaging uh, 65% of his passes completed on, you know, on par or whatever. But he's still doing that part, and he's running the ball well. I feel like he's been making better decisions in the pocket. Offense has been flowing. Like I said, they've been having those drives where they're actually sustaining drives. When you look at Arkansas's offense, obviously it's explosive, but that defense is it's horrible. It's 119th in the FBS. And I just think every we still got that Tennessee game in our minds, so everybody's just like, I don't know about Missouri. The, the defense is still legit. I think they can get a stop or two, and it's going to come down to Harrison Mevis at some point having to yeah. knock down a couple field goals. But I think they can – if Cook keeps it up and they don't have any turnovers, I think they can get the win. Well, it's strength on strength and weakness versus weakness, right? I mean, it's Arkansas's offense and Missouri's defense is the strengths, and Arkansas's defense, Missouri's offense is the weaknesses. The difference is I think Arkansas's defense, which is weak, is a little bit better than Missouri's offense, which is weak. That's that's what my prediction is based on. Let's get to, uh, first of all, want to uh, shout out uh, – Freeway Jared, he donated a uh, $4.99 to the Thanksgiving alcohol fund. So that is much appreciated, man. Thank you. Uh, we, we we will accept those donations. Um, but but we'll get to the comments and the questions and, and the important one here. Keegan wants to know, all right, I'm going to let you go first because we texted about this a little earlier today, but best and worst Thanksgiving side. Well, is stuffing a side? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah. Okay. That's that's my best. I agree. Worst. Um, something like a potato salad or something like that. I just do um, macaroni salad. I'm I'm not. It's not. Do me. people do that for Thanksgiving? Is that oh big? yeah yeah. Really? <laughs> I know I know a number of black people who do. Really? Yeah, it's, not, it's, it's not. It's not me. Um. Yeah, I'll probably say that. Okay. So. So the best, I agree the best is stuffing. I could have that for a meal. But like we were texting about earlier today, my wife makes some bourbon cranberries. Dude, it is mandatory. I put it on every sandwich. I put it on every, oh yeah. It's on the leftovers. It's every, I'll eat it plain with the spoon. It's the best. It's the only thing I require that that gets cooked for Thanksgiving dinner. Um, the, The worst, like, we don't generally have anything that I just say, well, I'm not going to eat that. But so I was listening to, uh, I was listening to the Andy Staples show uh, podcast from the athletic a couple days ago. And they had Scott Docterman on, he covers Iowa for the athletic. They did a Thanksgiving sides draft. And in his draft, he picked cottage cheese. Oh, like, do you know anybody that's, that's ever had cottage cheese? At Thanksgiving? First off, cottage first of all, cottage cheese, cheese is itself? awful and nobody should ever eat it anyway. Having cottage cheese in itself is just foul. Weird. It's foul. I, 
That's a new one. That's I've never heard of people even having that really with I only know cottage cheese to be in like maybe an all design or something, something like that. I don't it's I don't awful. know it to be in anything else. It's terrible. No one should eat cottage cheese. That's, but if if you eat if I'm at your house and you bring cottage cheese out for Thanksgiving, like I'm out, man. I'm gonna go really? home. I'm gonna pick up a turkey sandwich from Boston Market and I'm gonna eat at my house. What do you do if you're like, ah, I'm having Thanksgiving. All you got to do is bring over some type of meal, and someone brings you, or something. <laughs> someone brings over cottage cheese. No, so they, they no, they don't. They don't get in the house. They don't get to sit down, man. They uh, they go watch the Lions game at Buffalo Wild Wings by themselves. <laughs> yeah, uh, but um, we'll move on to actual football questions now. How soon does Drink wait to hire a new OC? Like, I, I think it's. It's after signing day. Like we're into January, I think, before we figure out. Because like here's the dirty secret about these programs. They don't want to make coaching moves before the early signing day because then kids like might get nervous or might not sign with the program. So they wait till like after December 20th to make coaching moves when kids are already locked in and signed. Sounds about right. Do you think it's going to be Bush? Or do you think I think it's I, I just I just don't see a scenario where Eli's going into such an important year in his tenure at Missouri and he brings in somebody and just says, yeah, run whatever system you want. Like I think he's it, it may not be an internal hire, but it's gonna be somebody he knows where he says, Look, this is our basic system. Like, yeah, you can be in charge, you can call plays, whatever, but like this is what we do. Okay. I, I, I'd be surprised if he totally changed it. Um, Mizzou fan number seven says that a lot of shit is being talked by Arkansas, including their announcer, that this is the worst program to visit. I don't, I don't know anything about that. I've not heard any of that. I don't know who their announcer is. Um, look, uh, I, I, but if you live outside of Columbia, this is a terrible trip to make because you've probably got to fly into Kansas city or St. Louis, and then you've got to drive two hours. It's the way we feel visiting Gainesville, right? Like it's too expensive to fly directly into the city. So you got to fly somewhere that's an hour and a half away. Then you got to drive. It is a really tough trip to make for anybody except Arkansas or Vanderbilt in this league. But isn't Arkansas like a four hour? Yeah. It's a four and a half hour drive. That shouldn't be hard. They should just drive up here. Right. Yeah. That, that shouldn't be. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I've never really, I haven't really seen any of the, uh, complaining, but also like, who cares? That's, that's the fun part of it. You don't want the teams you're playing to say, Hey, this, this is great. We're, we're happy to, to happy to that's be the going part there. of home field advantage. Exactly. You know? And Missouri exactly. being entering the sec, just like for everything we don't like about traveling other places, those teams hate traveling here, you know, yep. and having to deal with, the cold weather that they're probably not used to at this time of year. So sort of come right. It's actually going to be, I think decent on Friday. Um, it's going to be like 50. It's the one day it's not supposed to rain in the next three or four days. So oh, awesome. Yeah. Uh, finish strong wants to know if Cody Schrader comes back next year. I mean, we certainly assume so he's not yeah. an NFL player. And he just got a scholarship that's what doesn't that start kicking in January? January, I think. So, yeah. yeah, if I just got me a scholarship, there's nothing really for him to leave for. And this is yeah. complete. So yeah, totally agree. Uh Logan wants to know: should we want the senior offensive lineman to come back or should we just let him leave? And like that's 
that's a legit question to me. Uh, you know, I know you wrote a little about it. Uh, I think it was last week. And some of these guys have kind of said they didn't walk on senior day and they may come back. But like my thought has been, look, that's been a pretty bad unit this year. I'm not sure you just want them all back. Yeah. Somebody asked again today. Um, and I'll just put it like this. So Hiram White, he gets that medical waiver, which everybody thinks he will. He comes back. I think that's a big piece uh, at right tackle. You got EJ. I know he's not a senior. I'm just naming who should probably get the looks at right guard. Vince Polger, um, mm-hmm. he should be coming back, right? The, he had the ineligibility issues. Yeah. Um, transfer from Buffalo. Put him in at center. The problem like it gets to left guard with Xavier Delgado. Every time I know PFF is not, it's not all that. And he doesn't have a penalty this year, I believe. But like it's not, it's not that good. It's not that good. Would you want Foster back? I think yes. But see, I think both like him and Foster, they're guys. They're fine. It, yeah. And are they great? But here's my not thing. Really? Do you know for sure you can get someone in a portal or that you have somebody that's coming in that can step in and be we talk about this all the time well, be a left tackle or whatever in the sec in your you know first year if it's a so year. so if hiron white comes back next year you've got armand mimbo who has played at right tackle like do you slide one of those guys to left tackle because i'm not sure either one's a guard i mean at that point People don't, I don't know, some people don't understand that being at right tackle and left tackle are two different things. You kind of have right. to flip everything you do and start doing that. So but, do you try to But my point guys? is, my point is if Hyron White comes back, okay, if he's your starting right tackle, what are you doing with Armand Mimbo? Because he should start next year. That's the progression of this program. He needs to. It's, it's I don't know, That's a. it's a weird thing because it's like, do you have the veteran? Do you move him to left tackle? Because maybe it'll be easier for him to get, you know, being in the, you know, being on the team for so long. Or do you make the young guy before he gets too used to a spot, move him to left tackle? So I, I mean I get it. But what if they can bring back Foster? Would you would you be like, yes? Would you want that? Yeah, I mean I'd be fine with it, but I also don't think it's catastrophic catastrophic if he moves on. I don't think he's been as good this year as he was last year. I think that's true, but I also think part of that is because the line gets worse left or right starting with him. So after him, it's a steep decline each position over. If he has a little bit more help on the line, he's probably not as bad as he's been. Yeah, you you may be right about that. Uh, Brad brings up, uh, didn't Blake Baker keep the defense the same even though he was from outside the system? He did. Um, Now, his system was not that different. Like he ran a four two five. He ran the same basic system Steve Wilkes did. What he adopted was the terminology. He came in and like, let's say Missouri last year called that play X and he called it Y at, at Miami. He just said, Well, I'll just learn what X is and I'll just call it X. But the the base formation, the base principles, I think were the same. Yeah, of course. Obviously the star thing, which is gonna be big this week. Put that in a preview. The the, the uh, Knox kid, again, they have like every position player and the quarterback are all 6'2", 6'3", 200 pounds. Like everybody is a, in some way physically, like a, a matchup nightmare. Well, and everybody keeps talking about KJ's ability to run. And don't get me wrong, he can run. But the only person I've sit, heard say it all week was Drink. Like he doesn't get enough credit for the passer is. He can throw the football, man. Like, if if Missouri just sits there and thinks all we're getting is running the ball, K.J. Jefferson's going to beat him over the top. 
when Drink compared him to Hendon Hooker, it's actually a little closer than what you what you expect. They both completed around 67% of the passes. They both have less than four interceptions and 20 touchdowns or more passing. Like they can run. It's like a, a Russell Wilson thing maybe a few years ago, but he can run. But what they want to do is, you know, dot you up in the pocket, and both of them can do that. So, yeah, yeah. if the secondary is sleeping, thinking all we got to do is just worry about tackling him and running the ball when he runs the ball, it's the least of their worries, actually. Well, 48 hours away from uh, from kickoff and what might be the last day of the season this year. We don't know. Um, if, if they win, it's not the last day. If they lose, it's maybe still not the last day. We don't really know. Uh, I will be over. Actually, uh, I'll head over in about an hour and a half over to Mizzou Arena, Mizzou Coastal Carolina at 6 tonight. So I'll have coverage of that. And, uh, and Gerard and I will both be at Furrow Field on Friday. Um, so we, we want to tell you all th- happy Thanksgiving. Appreciate you spending some time with us and uh, all season long. And, and this won't stop. Like we're, this show is going to continue, whether Gerard is on it or whether Drew King is on it may have to do with whether Missouri wins on Friday. So Gerard, I don't know if you like hanging out and doing this every Wednesday route for Missouri. If you'd rather have Drew take over, just, just uh, you know, Arkansas is your team on Friday. <laughs> we'll see uh last thing i gotta say is guys just check out the the run game efficiency break it down that i did i think that's really telling as far as how the team does when when cody schrader nate pete and, and brady cook are running the ball and a lot of different things going on there so check that out if you have it there you go uh appreciate you guys hanging out with us uh hit the like button subscribe button if you watch the show on YouTube, if you are listening to the podcast, there are also buttons you can hit there. Mostly just give us a nice review, share us on social media, do all of those things. Have yourself a nice Thursday. We can all watch uh, Lane Kiffin's swan song in the Egg Bowl tomorrow night before he heads off to Auburn. Wait, I didn't say that. I don't know which Twitter account you believe, but uh, a little college football Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like this is the best football weekend of the year. So hope you all enjoy it. Thanks for joining us. And uh, want to remind you one last time before we do go to get in touch with James Carlton at Carlton Insurance in Webster Groves, Missouri. He's your guy. Uh, if you live in the state of Missouri or Illinois, he can take care of you. All your insurance needs, anything you might need, carltoninsurance.net. 314-961-4800 by phone. And mention Power Mizzou when you talk to James, get a quote. He's going to donate $20 to Mizzou's NIL Collective. Hey, we just talked to uh, we just talked to Mason from the Arkansas side about how well uh, Eric Musselman is recruiting. NIL's a thing, guys. Get in touch with uh, get in touch with James Carlton. He'll help you out with that. So, thanks. We will uh, talk to you Friday after the ball game from Faroe Field.